0: Welcome back to the Wounded Angel Network and the Radical Christ series which is now in episode 24. Uh, Last week we were with Jesus, last episode with Jesus uh, on the mountain of Transfiguration. We jump very quickly down the Jordan Valley to Jerusalem where we look at today how he goes and wrecks his father's house. I look forward to going through this with you. So as I mentioned in the intro um, Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration in the last episode up here in the north where most of his ministry had been conducted in the Galilean region. Um, The Transfiguration convicts him and makes clear again that he has to go and fulfill his destiny and so probably journeying down the Jordan Valley uh, next to the Jordan River um, because he comes up from Jericho which is down here we find him in this episode in the um, in the temple in Jerusalem where he um, goes and encounters um, what's going on in this most holy of um, shrines, the place where God was believed to dwell. So home is where the heart is and uh, the home of God was in Jerusalem um, and my home is in Port Elizabeth, well it used to be in Port Elizabeth because its name has just been changed to Kabecha. Kabecha is the Kozan name for the river that runs um, through (coughs) um, Port Elizabeth Um, and it has been decided that the places in South Africa should have more indigenous names, not the old colonial names. Um, and I think it's quite karmic because um, right now all the, all the whiteys are complaining that they can't pronounce Kabeha because it requires a, a click. Um, but it's almost karmic because for many years with all these colonial names, uh, second language English speakers have struggled to say Fort Beaufort. What a complicated word, Beaufort, it's come out as Beaufort, um, you know, the lawless English language. I quite like the idea about the indigenous river name because the rivers in African spirituality, in indigenous African spirituality, is where the spirits of the ancestors live. The spirit world is in the waters, uh, very much like waters symbolize the unconscious in our dream states from a Jungian point of view. So, also in Africa, um, certainly in sou- southern Africa, um, the water is where um, the mystery is and where the ancestors live. And I must say, I'm, I feel a lot closer to those ancestral spirits than to Mrs. Elizabeth Donkin Nee Markman, who was the wife of the acting governor in 1820, who decided to name Port Elizabeth, Port Elizabeth, after his beloved who had died. She had never even set foot in Port Elizabeth. (laughs) So, I'd rather go with Kabecha. But the the bottom line is, for our purposes today, is that home is where the heart is. And during lockdowns, uh, we know that so many of our children, and so many children all over the world, returned to their parents' home from all over the planet. Um, they went there because that was going to be a safe place. Uh, many of them had lost their incomes, um, those who had been in hospitality or in performing arts and so they came home from all over the planet. It's, that is a kind of a backstory of the home being with the heart is, and Jesus now goes to the house of God um, and the Gospels tell us that when he gets to his father's house he wrecks the place. kind of angry Jesus and he goes in and um, we'll read now what happens when he gets to his home. So we're reading from John chapter 2. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, ridiculous, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you're going to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone for he himself knew what was in everyone. And so we we read how (coughs) Jesus goes to the temple to celebrate the Passover and when he gets to the temple he finds not a sanctuary so much as a lucrative business in operation. Now the backstory that is helpful to understand is that for the devout Jew even to this day to celebrate Passover in Jerusalem is the ideal and the dream. <clears throat> and during the Passover ritual, wherever people celebrate it, all over the world with the Jewish diaspora, in the Passover a festival ceremony, wherever it is being held, people will say next year in Jerusalem. Um, it's the ideal and the dream. Um, like Muslims want to go to, on Hajj, or Christians want to walk the Camino de Santiago, so Jews made pilgrimage to Jerusalem as the ideal um, observation, religious observation. But what Jesus finds in the temple is religion as big business and um, I don't have to explain to you that religion continues to be big business and I'm not just talking about the Vatican. I'm talking about the franchises that we see on virtually every street corner, in every city, including the city of Goberga. In Jesus' day, (coughs) the big business of the temple had two profit centers. There was a forex business for temple tax. Because people from all over over the world would arrive and usually because the Roman Empire was so vast and covered most of where they would have been coming from, um, they would have to convert their Roman currency or any other currency, they'd have to convert to Tyrian shekels. Because the high priest or the priests in the temple had made a ruling that that was the only currency permitted in the temple for use in the temple because it didn't have the emperor's image on it. Um, There was a huge cult of emperor worship at the time. The emperor was, the Roman emperor was regarded as God. And so all the coins had his head embossed on it, engraved on it, and of course the graven image thing of. The Jews was used to keep the the Roman coinage or to convert the Roman coinage in the temple into the the Tyrian shekel, which also had an image of it, but it was an image of a religious deity linked to Baal, ironically, uh, for those of you who understand the Old Testament issue with Baal. But it wasn't the emperor's graven image, and so that was allowed. But Forex, Forex, at the exchange rate determined by the temple, of course, was one big part of the business. That's the tables of the money changers. The second arm of the business model was the sale of livestock. Um, People coming to the temple would want to make sacrifices for all sorts of reasons at the Passover and so on sale would have been bulls and sheep and pigeons for those worshippers on a tight budget who had flown or had got there on a kind of economy class ticket economy class camel probably, Um, but the sale of livestock was the other big business um, going on and it's it's fascinating that it's estimated that in Jesus's day the entire economy of Jerusalem was based on the sacrificial throughput of the temple. It was most people's livelihood in Jerusalem, it wasn't a huge city, it was a small town by modern standards, but that whole economy was based on what was going on in the business of the temple, and of course, it's that that angered Jesus. Part of the reason that he got so angry was if you look at the plan of the temple, where the when you came into the temple here through the through the through the gates, um, the first court that went all the way around, and this is a very simplified diagram. Uh, was called the Court of the Gentiles, it was the only space where non-Jews could come and watch the rituals because to go into the inner courts um, you would have to be a proper Jew but a lot of people wanted to come and to pray who weren't Jews so they were allowed or the temple design had made allowance that you'd have this Court of the Gentiles where they could at least observe the rituals even though they weren't proper Jews. But the business plan of the temple had set up all the money changing and all the sale of animals and, and birds here in this court and literally squeezed out the Gentiles. So there was no space for them in the temple. And, and Jesus being a universalist and so inclusive was, was not happy with that. So there's another level. It's the, it's the trading and the business and then it's also the exclusion of people who aren't part of this elite and Jesus shouts he gets very angry and he says after he's overthrown the temples the forex booths and the money changers booths and he's chased he plats a whip of cords and he drives out all the animals and you can imagine cattle and sheep bleating and mooing and doves flapping all over the place. uh, Total chaos. And all the coinage being thrown out. And imagine the, the forex dealers shouting and screaming. And Jesus shouts above them all, Do not make my Father's house into a place of business or a marketplace. Now, Father's house is the conventional translation of the Greek in which the New Testament is written of oikon to patros. So oikon is house and patros is father. Um, It would be more appropriate today to say parent, the house of the parent, the parents house. The place of business is also an interesting Greek word where he says do not make my, the oikon to patros into the word he says is emporio and of course if you know english you'll know that emporium comes from a place of a a, a, from that word emporio, which means place of business but a legitimate and for me a more contextually relevant translation would be jesus saying do not turn my parents house into a shopping mall (laughs) because that's really what had happened So what's going on here? Jesus is really angry. He's angry about the trading, the the turning the temple into a shopping mall, a forex, and a a cattle market, or an animal market, um, taking up the space where non-Jews could at least have come close to the presence of God. But Jesus, by doing what he does, clearly sees that he has lost faith in the temple. Because the Jesus who comes off the Mount of Transfiguration knows something very profound. Um, He knows and he's realized throughout his life, which is fast coming to an end in the season of opposition, um, that that God doesn't live in the temple. Perhaps God never lived in the temple, but certainly in Jesus' consciousness at that time, God is not in the temple. And we're remembering, of course, that this whole Radical Christ series is about recognizing the psychological um, dynamic of how, from the earliest days, we've always projected our consciousness outwards first into nature, then up into the stars, and eventually into a heaven and a whole idea of God sitting far away. Jesus comes in the incarnation to bring God back into our consciousness to take back the projection and and this is very much part of this process Um, and so having done what he's done this incredible anger and throwing that the picture we saw in the beginning of him throwing everything this rage the Jews then come to him and say to him where's your permit (laughs) you know what permits you to do what you've just done cause all this chaos and Jesus says to them tear down this temple and I will rebuild it in three days and of course they have no idea what he's talking about because the temple has taken over 40 years to build they are thinking about bricks and mortar Jesus is referencing the fact that the temple is in everybody his body was torn is going to be torn down in the narrative but was torn down in the crucifixion the most agonizing six-hour death which we will come to in the series and reflect on but he's saying tear it down and within three days with the resurrection um, that life is restored that love is restored you can't kill love that's the message of Easter Um, and they don't get that Um, but what Jesus is saying is God is not in this temple that's not the temple this is the temple The temple is where you are. Take back this projection that God is somewhere, that God is in some place, whether it is Hajj or the the Camino or the Vatican or the Corner Church or the Mosque, it doesn't matter. Um, Those are symbols and they're useful in their own way um, to go and perform rituals in the way that one would go to the theater or the movie and be transported. That's all important, but the residence of God is not located in a geographic GPS place. The residence of the divine is within us. Return the outward projection to your own consciousness. The temple is wherever we are. So as we draw this to a close, I want to take us down a little bit of a side path and to look at this understanding of Jesus talking about the father's house, the parents house. Because this is now in John's Gospel chapter 2 and of course this this event has been completely transposed by John right to the beginning of his Gospel. John messes around with the timeline totally. In fact it's very hard to know what the timeline was. But, but Jesus certainly didn't go to Jerusalem and overturn the temple in the beginning, because in all the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, this is happening right at the end, and that's probably the better timing. But John puts the cleansing of the temple right in the beginning, chapter 2. But in chapter 14, he again uses this phrase. The only other time that he uses the phrase is right here at the end. Two more, Twice he uses his father's house, parents' house. come to patro. When in John 14 the passage that we often hear read at funerals he says in my father's house there are many rooms and again if we dig into the Greek which which I love doing we re, we discover that what that phrase many rooms mean is taken from the word monai polai polai is a place so uh, a metropolis is a city place any polis is a, is a, is a location, is a place. So monipoli can also read multiple abidings. Many rooms can mean multiple abidings, multiple spaces, multiple spaces. So when Jesus says, in my Father's house are many rooms, he's saying there's many space, there's a lot of space. Don't confine God to this temple or church or mosque or Place or rock or whatever, this mountain or game reserve or tree. There's a lot of place. In fact, infinite place. That's in John 14. In John 15, he uses the phrase Father's House again. Well, he got not Father's House again, sorry. Um, He says that in 14. In John 15, he goes back to this Monai Polai, but he says Mainati. Can you see that Mainate comes from Monai? It's and what it means is remain, normally translated, so mainiti in emoi is usually translated abide with me, he's talking about the vine, abide with me, but a legitimate translation would be stay here, stay here with me, stay with me, God is not in the temple, God is in this temple of me and in all of our temples, so stay here, stay with me be at home with God the outer temple doesn't house the divine presence our bodies are those temples and so the parents house the residence of God is within every human consciousness Jesus is saying that And staying present in the body, just being mindful, being here in the body, and not like I often am just a brain on a stick and forget that I'm actually in a body, but just staying in the presence of the body, in mindfulness practice, in meditation, is Jesus' invitation. It's a key mindfulness practice. If you've ever studied mindfulness, Samatha, Vipassana, what's now called mindfulness, whether it's in the Hindu tradition, the Buddhist tradition, contemplative prayer tradition, Sufi tradition, the focus will always come to the body, be mindful of the body. And that is the ultimate hospitality, to be hospitable and welcoming to ourselves and to accept who we are, where we are in this body. It's a temple. When we come to that peaceful, calm, abiding and we stay, stay. We find that's where God is, not on Mount Zion, not on any mountain, no place at all. God is in us and that is the ultimate meaning and so Jesus cleans the temple and says tear that down forget about it and ironically the temple was torn down and to this day has never been rebuilt. Because God is in us and we can be at home in this consciousness, in this space. So thank you very much for your attention. It's been lovely to share with you again and uh, I look forward to continuing the journey. Thanks again for your attention.